Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. Welcome, welcome. It is so good to be with you. And I have news for you. And the news is, is that we need three million dollars by the end of today in order to meet our needs to continue to operate here at Relevant Radio. And so if you're able, we are $13,000 away from reaching our goal, our needs. So let's wrap it up this hour. We need $13,000 and every dollar you give is a match. We've had generous donors step forward. So if you give $5, that is double to 10. If you can give $5 today, $10, maybe it's 500 or 5,000. I'm asking you to give from the heart, whatever you can. And so let's kick off this hour with prayer. Join me in praying for an end to abortion in the United States, especially for our Supreme Court justices, as we approach this ruling that we have already heard the news, Roe versus Wade is eminent to be overturned. We'll pray for and to an abortion, as we said, and for our needs to be met during our pledge driving and thanksgiving for all of you who have already stepped forward and supported us here at Relevant Radio. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, disguise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Name the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's not too late to support us here at Relevant Radio. Perhaps you haven't had the opportunity to hop online, relevantradio.com. Tap that donate button on your Relevant Radio app or the easiest way to give as well, besides the internet, is by giving us a call. And the number is one 877 We are $13,000 away from meeting our need of $3 million here at Relevant Radio. And every dollar you give Generous donors have stepped up and said, for every $5 that are given, I will double that. I will give $5 as well. So please join us this hour. Let's fund our needs to continue to work for the next three months here at Relevant Radio and support my program, Trending with Timory. It's so great to be with you, and I'm grateful that you helped to make this program possible on Relevant Radio. So thank you all for your generosity. Joining me today on Trending will be Melanie Hempe. She's from ScreenStrong.com, and she helps you 
and your loved ones to take back your lives from the digital world with screen addiction, technology outbursts, angry tantrums from children today when their technology is taken away, anxiety, depression, even suicidality because cyberbullying or even eating disorders. So many things are happening surrounding screens and Melanie Hempy is the person to talk to when it comes to taking back your child from the digital world, having self-control in the home and helping you to understand how do we use technology? What kind of balance is there? Is there a balance? And so we're going to talk about the two biggest myths that parents have when it comes to screen time. If you have a question for this digital expert on how to handle technology with children, you can ask your question now at 1-888-914-9149. Also very easy, you can ask your question now on Instagram or Twitter. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. We're going to discuss controversy surrounding the Met Gala. Now, you may or may not care about the Met Gala that happened earlier this week, but there's been quite the drama with actress from Riverdale, that is Lily Reinhart, calling out without naming her Kim Kardashian about Kim Kardashian's crash diet. Now, it's making me think a lot about body image and the whole body image debate. And I think there's a lot to be learned and discussed when it comes to promoting a healthy body image based on the conversations uh, online that are being had right now about actress Lily Reinhart's comments about Kim Kardashian's crash diet. So stay tuned. Also, Mother's Day is coming up, and we are going to talk about why motherhood is inspiring for women and it does not inhibit them. And finally, you may have heard the news that abortion activists are planning to storm Catholic churches during Mass on Sunday, on Mother's Day. Maybe you're a little concerned. You're wondering what to do. Uh, I think it's important that we do spread the word and that we're prepared. And I have some concrete things we can do ahead of uh, expected possible protests at our local Catholic parishes. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. Joining me now from ScreenStrong.com is the founder and president, Melanie Hempy. Melanie, can you talk to us in the face of all the technology use? We've talked a lot about TikTok and the damage it has on young girls and the impact of video games. Can you share with me the two biggest myths that parents often have when it comes to how to navigate screen and technology use with children? Yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I love talking about this topic because I just love shedding light in these very dark places that you are just so wonderful to to bring up in all of your shows. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing too. Um, so basically, I hear lots of myths out there. Every time I go to speak to a group of parents, it seems like the same two or three things come up every single time. And I think the top two myths, um, depending maybe on the age of the audience and their kids, um, the top two myths are this. Number one, isn't it okay to uh, moderate just and to balance screen use? Balance is good. So the myth says that balancing screen use, regardless of you know what it is, is a good thing because we need to teach our kids balance. Tech is here to stay. It's not going anywhere and they need to learn. And the second myth is sort of a first cousin to that myth. And it says that we have to teach them balance because if we don't, then they're going to binge and go crazy when they leave our home. Have you ever heard these myths before, Timory? 
Absolutely. And I think that at the same time, people are also throwing ideas within those same arguments of, well, I don't want my kids to be behind. I want them to have the ability to function with technology. I mean, everything from making PowerPoint presentations, being proficient <laughs> online. And what you're saying yeah. isn't saying that you can't use a computer to do work. And I think that's important distinction. Um, yes. And maybe you can address that too a little later on, but let's address these two major myths that you're mentioning surrounding right. moderation. And if you don't give the technology to your kid now, they'll end up, let's say, in college and they will be addicted to it. Yeah, the fear of that. And so parents need to really step back and, and stop being so fearful about the future. So we do know that screens come in all shapes and sizes, and I have yet to ever have an, audi an audience that uh, where I had a parent that raised their hand that said their child was addicted to PowerPoint. I'll be honest with you. I don't think anyone has ever told me that. So we are not talking about those types of screens. We are talking about toxic screens, and the toxic screens include, believe, believe it or not, video games, social media, and pornography. Those are the three main things. And so would you want to balance those things? This is the question. So some people say, well, of course you wouldn't want to balance or you wouldn't want to balance and moderate pornography, right? That's a no brainer. Everybody knows that. But what about video games and what about social media? And the problem with moderation on things that are potentially addictive activities is pretty obvious. When you really think about it and use your common sense and you can look at the science too. You can look at brain science and child development science and what we know about children who use even just a little bit a day, depending on the type of screens. Now, if they're on PowerPoint an hour a day, that is probably not going to be a bad thing for them to do. However, if they are on a very interactive video game where there's just a whole lot of interaction, a lot of stimulation, their limbic area in their brain is getting stimulated and that dopamine addiction reward pathway is getting stimulated, they more than likely will develop a dependency. And what I mean by that is it's not that that 30 minutes a day really hurt them, but that 30 minutes is cumulative. And this is what most parents don't understand. And I surely never understood this with my oldest, who we really had a problem with the addiction. So it's cumulative. And what that means is every morning when your child wakes up and then they play that 30 minutes again, it adds on to the damage, if you will, from the day before. So we know that most every gamer out there today, everyone who's addicted to, to gaming or even we could say to drugs and alcohol, they did not start off with large amounts. They started off just like many of your kids out there, the parents that are listening with 30 right. minutes a day right? Mm -hmm. That's where it starts. It starts with this idea, oh, we're just going to moderate it. But because the games are not like they used to be, they're not Pac-Man anymore. They have very, 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 very um, deep persuasive design elements. And Richard Freed has done a lot of work on this. And um, we have a lot of his information in our, our parent online course that we have for parents. So what we know is that even just a little bit, they they have they start to get used to it and then they need more and then they need more because that's the way it's designed right and that's the way social media is designed too so if your child has social media for an hour or two a day chances are they will grow a craving for it this is how we develop habits we do the thing whatever it is repetition right? like mm -hmm. repetition like right. have you ever heard 21 days in a row if you do something it's going to become a habit well this is what happens with our 
screens. And so I know their parents out there and their mind is sort of exploding and they're thinking, oh my gosh, what do I do? Well, you really got to think about uh, how much of this or if you're even going to allow it. And so there's a lot of parents out there for their young kids all the way even through high school, they have game-free homes. And what that means is they just don't have video games as an option. Now, if their child goes to a cousin house over Christmas and they play video games, they're not legalistic about it. However, it is not a normal part of their routine. When it becomes a normal part, I, I say that kids who play every day are almost more at risk than, than a child that you would think would be addicted. It's the ones who are starting to crave it and starting to need it every single day. Um, mm -hmm. So there's some things that we moderate in our life with our kids, right? There's certain things that are negotiable, like maybe um, what they take to lunch or what clothes they wear or how they want to cut their hair or if they want to dye their hair. You know, there's all these crazy things teenagers like to do, but there's certain things that are not negotiable. And mm -hmm. this is for parents to decide, um, but you've got to decide how much of this addictive stuff are you going to let your kids do? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And just to jump in, it's important too that we distinguish, especially, and again, this is a generalization, but it's usually the real challenge for boys is video games and pornography and for girls, social media and pornography now. And it is growing exponentially. The number of girls, young women that are looking at pornography for different reasons, you know, kind of the ideas behind that is different than the boys, the pressure in our culture and society today. Uh, but what you're saying is so important. And I want to come back to that 30 minute idea because a lot of people say, well, why not 30 minutes? And we've had Dr. Leonard Sachs recently on here. He's a family physician as well as a research psychologist, PhD. And he talks about how the studies are showing just like you. And he's citing totally different studies that 30 minutes a day is harmful for kids when it comes to whether it be video games, social media, uh, in various forms of media, totally different from learning programs that I think are a huge um, distinction that must be made as well here. Uh, but it's fascinating to see that for some, it's shocking to hear that that 30 minutes a day is too much. How do you then respond to that moderation question? Are you saying zero video games, zero social media? What do you advise parents to do? Well, what we know and what I think everybody listening can sort of agree to the fact that if you're moderating video games, you're probably having some arguments in your house. Let's just be real, right? Your mm -hmm. child wants to keep playing. You say your 20 minutes is up or your 30 minutes is up and then they start arguing with you. They have a meltdown. They're whining. And then all night it's thinking about when they get to play their game again the next day or they come home from school, they don't do their homework, they want their game. And then they say things like, well, I didn't really do 30 minutes on Wednesday, so mom can I do an hour today, right? So they're always negotiating and they're arguing. And to be honest with you, it is not worth it. And I agree with Dr. Sachs. We are uh, very connected with him as well. And I, I love how he says virtue begets virtue. And he is such a clear voice on this topic. And I, I just want parents out there to know that if you do allow this and if you try to start negotiating it, it may not be that the game itself is that bad because we have time, right? And we have content. Those are the two things that are the problem with video games. Um, you know, maybe the content is okay. But if your child needs to play every day, if they are asking you for it, if they really miss it when it's gone, you are, you are starting down that path to a dependency. 
And it is extremely difficult to reverse as mm-hmm. every day, every day they get older. Absolutely. It is so hard to reverse. And a little story too, because we grew up in a video game free home. And I remember my brother and I both had a very brief stint with an online video game. And he and I are like 10 years apart. And when I play the online online game, I would get so angry and frustrated and upset that eventually in time I quit. But I think because I didn't grow up in a gaming house and my mom was really clear as to why we didn't have video games, I was able to understand as a little bit older of a kid, probably around 12, 13-ish, that, wow, I don't like how I feel and I keep feeling this way and I'm going to stop. That was because I was equipped with not having a game home. That wasn't a norm to feel that way for me. And same with my brother. You know, He had a similar frustrating, angered response when he started playing a video game for a short period of time on the computer. And, you know, it was ditched because that wasn't a a healthy and wholesome behavior that was normal uh, for us in our home because we grew up with a game-free home other than those brief moments. And so I think that this model of what you're talking about is so important. It's a distinction that although difficult to swallow, it's a reminder that even when you talk, Melanie, about 30 minutes a day, the reality is, is that a lot of families, and it's a lesson for us, it's not a criticism, we should be prioritizing 30 minutes of family time, dinner time together, or 30 minutes of exercise for each kid, or 30 minutes of playing the piano or whatever instrument. There's so many uh, ways that we could better use our time than having to use these technologies. If you're just joining us now, you're listening to Trending with Timurie here on Relevant Radio. That's Melanie Hempe from ScreenStrong.com. This is your resource to take back your children from the digital age. Stop the fight. Stop the means for moderation, stop the eating disorders and a lot of the crises. In fact, Melanie, I know one parent who got involved with your Facebook group of support for parents who are trying to work through these challenges with their children. Uh, the parent commented that there were all these things going wrong with their kid, you know, everything from eating disorders, behavioral issues. They were told the child had anxiety and depression. And lo and behold, when this father heard you here on Trending, he said, I realized maybe it was the screens and he was inspired to pull back those screens from his daughter. And things like this, stories like this are making the world of difference, getting kids off of antidepressants, overcoming their eating disorders because they don't have this constant comparison game that these poor girls are going through on social media. And these are conversations you only hear on trending. We're asking you to support us here at Relevant Radio. And the number is 1877. 291-0123 to support us here at Relevant Radio. You can donate online, relevantradio.com or the Relevant Radio app. We need $3 million to be fully funded to continue to operate here at Relevant Radio. We have $12,000 until we reach that $3 million goal. Matthew just gave $10 from San Antonio, Texas. Peggy just gave $25 from Miami, Florida. Thank you so much to all of you. Yes, thank you. Oh, more news. Susan just gave $50. Frank, $40 in California. Janet, $50 in San Francisco. Thank you so much for supporting us here on Trending with Timur and Relevant Radio. And every dollar you give is matched by a generous donor. So that $10 became 20 and 50 became 100. 
thank you. And we have thank you gifts waiting to be given to you. If you just head over to relevantradio.com now to donate and you can see those gifts we have as a thank you. Uh, joining me now is Melanie Hempy from ScreenStrong.com. Melanie, we do have questions coming in about moderating and navigating technology use. One of the questions that came in was on Instagram. And by the way, you can ask your question now. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Or you can ask your question now on Instagram or my Twitter. Just follow me at Timree. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. SS Critters on Instagram, Ash, is a mom. She said, we relax with screen time. She said, what tips do you have to finally break away from our relaxing time with baby steps to wean ourselves off? Right. So um, a lot of people do uh, relax with a family movie night, for example. And that's fine. That is not the same thing. So let's be sure we're talking about the same thing. So for young kids, we know that habits um, are built very easily when they're, when they're little. And in fact, when their habits are built, when the brain is still developing, it's like a handprint and wet cement, you know, it's eventually going to dry and harden. That's why for you, mom and adults and dads out there, um, you know, it doesn't affect you the same way as it affects your kids. And this is all explained in our physician endorsed parent course that we have an online parent course for, um, every mom and dad to get out there and understand this brain science. And it's very easy to understand when you look at, um, how simple the nature is. And so when you want to relax with the screen, as long as you're co-viewing a, a non-stimulating screen, like a movie, you know, maybe you have a regular TV show like you like to watch with your kids and you're all watching it together and you're interacting with each other. That's fine. That is not the same as your son going upstairs in his room or down in the basement or somewhere hiding in a corner, you know, on his video game or your daughter huddled up in some, you know, couch somewhere with her social media. That is very, very different. So my encouragement is to actually use screens for family time. If that's what you choose to do, we do a, a lot of board games. We have a lot of puzzles. We do a lot of reading. We have reading roundups when our kids were little and we'd all get a, a blanket and go sit in the den and read and read for 30 minutes, you know, and, and Timmy, what you said just a minute ago, can you imagine what would happen if you spent that 30 minutes every single day in family time or on the piano, see, this is what parents need to understand. And I made all these same mistakes. So I'm not sitting here telling everybody something to do that <laughs> I didn't make all the same mistakes. But we know that moderation is how all addicted gamers got started. So just be careful. Again, the tip there for your listener is if you can enjoy it together. Now, some dads will say, well, you know, I play video games with my son and that's a whole nother conversation. In fact, Timory, we probably need to talk about that on another show because there's a lot of reasons why that's not a good idea to do that. But for Could you briefly time, explain fun. why that playing a video game with your child isn't a good idea? Because I know there are a lot of people who agree with not introducing video games that are okay with it. If let's say it's on a Saturday afternoon and it's you and your kid together uh, for half right. an hour or an hour, the same way they'd argue that you'd play a video or a board game together. Well, it's very different than a board game. It's like, would you want to go have a cigarette with your son? Would you want to go have a, a drink with him or watch pornography with him. And I know people can say, oh, that's really over-exaggerating. Well, it's, it's really not. Slope. It's a very slippery slope. What you're doing is you're creating a habit for your son, a habit that you can control, but that he cannot. So he's watching, well, dad plays with me, right? So it must be okay. Is that okay 
dad, maybe when your son is 25, then you can enjoy that together. But you would never do another addictive activity with a child. Again, this is very different than Pac-Man. It's very different than some of the games that used to be played a long time ago that kids would get bored with. If your child does not get bored on his video game, he's having a problem with it. it he's not going to be able to ward off the dependency that's going to happen. But for dads, dads should be spending time in physical uh, time with their kids outside, riding bikes, fishing, walking, running. Um, you know, boys especially are not physical enough today. And so it create. just remember that when you do spend this time with him, first of all, it's not really good interactive time. You're not really talking to him. We, we have, we have what we call talking hobbies where you can fish or run or walk or do something where you can actually talk <laughs> to your dad while you're doing it. Um, you know, where there's some interaction, but the biggest thing is that you're setting your child up for a future potential addiction. You just got to be careful of that. Um, and a lot of people, Timory, say that, um, well, we have to let them play now because they're going to look at it as forbidden fruit, right? And they're going to want to binge when they leave our house. And that is such a myth. And that's tied right into this moderation myth. This is why parents moderate it. The fact of the matter is, and um, and Dr. Sachs' books are so good about describing this, mm -hmm. but the facts of the, yes. ma the, facts of the matter um, is that the more you do something, the more you're going to want to do it. So little gamers grow up to be big gamers. Little girls that use social media grow up to be big girls that use social media. This is true across the board. This is proven with studies. This is not an opinion that if your child grows up playing a, a moderate amount of video games, you know, every day, it's that repetition every day or once a week on Sunday, this is what we do, or once a week on Saturday, he's allowed two hours then when he leaves your house, he is going to continue to do that and even do that more because he doesn't have you there setting the kitchen timer. And because this is such mm -hmm. an addictive yes. activity and this is exactly what happened to my son. We did uh, what we thought was a moderate amount. He went to college and binge and went crazy. So we know that kids who are gamers, they actually game a whole lot more. In fact, um, uh, dropping out their first year is very common. So that doesn't happen with kids that grow up in game-free homes. They don't binge and go Absolutely. crazy. Games right. games are not, um, you know, and my, I asked one of my kids when he was in fifth grade, I said, are you going to binge and go crazy when you go to college? And he said, mom, why would, why would I play video games in college? I stink at video games. <laughs> he said, I'm going to binge <laughs> on baseball because that's what I love. And I thought, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. What a great answer. <laughs> you know so. what's funny about that? Because I grew up in a game-free home that when I've been around people who are playing video games, I have no desire to in part because I'm so bad at it. Yeah, and also exactly. I just don't think it's, exactly. I'm more of a physical interaction person. And so I don't do it. So again, you're talking about yeah. mod making sure you don't model behavior as something that could be yeah. potentially very addictive. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. Sean from Front Royal, Virginia is calling to give a witness to having a screen tech-free home. Sean, would love to hear your story in a brief few moments we have. Right. Awesome. Thanks very much. And thanks for your program. Um, I'll just get right to it then. So we're on the other end of the spectrum. We've been raising children for 24 years and we have four adult children and two that are in high school. Uh, one of the things that was very important to us was to have a tech-free home or a tech-moderated home as the kids got older. And we're both educators. So my wife and I have really more, she, she's the brilliant part of the duo, but uh, she and I have worked really hard to make sure that when we worked with technology, uh, we did so in a moderated way. And one of the things that I wanted to affirm was 
we we found it was so much easier to fill time rather than take away things. So what we ended up doing was made a made a promise to ourselves that we would be filling the time with the kids doing things like soccer and like getting involved in sports right. and getting involved in church and the community. And it was so much easier when they came home and talked about their friends and said, Hey, my, my, my friend's doing this and my friend's yes. playing this game online. Excellent. And I'd say, well, so like, filling the when- time, I have to cut you off there. I'm sorry that music's running, but filling the time so that they're not looking to fill their time with social media or video games. Sean, that's an incredible testament. We'll be right back here on trending. I have news. We are working our way toward 3 million and we have just had generous donors step forward. Joanna just gave $100 in Bakersfield. Dan, $50 in Minnesota. We had $8 given by Stephen in Torrance, California. $1,200 given by Bernadette in Roseville, California. Thank you so much for supporting us here at Relevant Radio. We still need $11,000 to reach our goal of $3 million. I want to do it by the end of the hour. We have 26 minutes to go. If you can support us here at Relevant Radio, I'm asking you to give and to give generously. Anything you can give, we are grateful for. Maybe you can give that $11,000 right now. We can wrap this up and anything extra goes to help us pay down our debt for our various stations we have so that we can continue to grow here at Relevant Radio. If you can donate, relevantradio.com is the easiest way. You can also tap that donate button on your relevant radio app if that's how you're listening right now and finally you can call us we have operators waiting to take your call right now call us at 877-291-0123 and give hope to a culture who so desperately needs to hear the message of our lord jesus christ true faith-filled answers to difficult hot button issues in society that said we are going to have a hot weekend coming up here in Catholic churches across the nation. You may have heard that pro-abortion activists are planning on rioting and entering into Catholic churches this weekend on Mother's Day because they are upset and blaming Catholics for the forthcoming overturning of Roe versus Wade and the decision of abortion returning to the individual states. So it's a moment not to panic, but to take concrete precautions when going to mass this weekend. I've grown up my whole life in activism. I've been in front of abortion clinics. I've been involved in police situations. And I think it's important to just be prepared. And I'll give some concrete steps for what you can do this weekend to stay safe at mass and help keep your church and those around you safe. Before we go there, again, don't forget you can donate. We have $11,000 to go to support Relevant Radio. The number is one 877 or donate online, relevantradio.com. So the Met Gala happened this week. And although I haven't talked about the Met Gala because maybe you two, maybe you find it fascinating because of the costumes, but you could care less about so much of the uh, content coming from the mouths of celebrities. Well, I was a little fascinated this week to hear actress Lily Reinhart, she's that actress from the show Riverdale series, uh, who has ranted on social media, calling out, but not by name, Kim Kardashian, among other celebrities who have been talking about their crash diets in order to fit into the various costumes in the Met Gala. Now, the Met Gala, part of the neat thing about the Met Gala always has a, again, it's all about art, has a very unique artistic spin on 
the clothing that's worn. And, and there have been some offensive ones that people could argue where the Vatican collection was being worn. I was really shocked by this a few years ago by various uh, movie stars and celebrities. But this week, Kim Kardashian was working to fit into what is known as the most expensive dress in the world. It was originally worn by Marilyn Monroe at President John F. Kennedy's birthday celebration at Madison Square Garden in 1962. So this is a historic antique piece of clothing that Kim Kardashian was working her way toward wearing. Well, this vintage dress is not a dress that could be altered in any way whatsoever. And so what did Kim Kardashian have to do? Well, she had to dye it in order to fit into the dress. Now, in some of her comments made to reporters and on social media, one thing that Kim Kardashian said was it was such a challenge. It was like a movie rule. I was determined to fit into it, that being the dress. She said, I haven't had carbs or sugar in about three weeks. And she talked about how after the Met Gala, they were having a donut and dessert party afterward. So what Kim Kardashian had to do is she had to lose 16 pounds in three weeks in order to fit into what some people are saying, someone else's body size, someone else's dress. Now, I'll be interested, and maybe you have a take on this. I'd be happy to hear your thoughts. You can comment now on Instagram or Twitter. Follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Or you can also comment real easy by giving us a call. The number is 1-888-914-9149. Well, in response to Kim Kardashian's comments, Lily Reinhart, without directly naming Kim Kardashian, went to social media with an absolute rant on her Instagram story, talking about how, my words, how messed up it is on a hundred levels and how wrong it is to openly admit to starving yourself for the sake of the Met Gala, when you know very well that millions of young men and women are looking up to you and listening to every word. Now, Lily Reinhart went on to say this is ignorance in other in other words, it's disgusting. Should please stop supporting these stupid, stupid, her words, harmful celebrities whose entire image revolves around their body. Should I'm not generally an angry person, but I swear that the toxicity of this industry sometimes really gets to me and I have to do my little Instagram story rants to release my rage. Now, a little context to this. Riverdale actress Lily Reinhart actually back in January, shared in a series of Instagram stories about how she herself has actually struggled with accepting her own body. And she talked about how seeing herself on everything from social media to paparazzi photos, she says she became hyper aware of her changing body. And this is interesting because she even talks about how her 25-year-old self at the time of sharing this and her 20-year-old self and how her body changed from her teen years all the way up to, you know, being 25. And so she'd see all these images on social media and from the paparazzi. And she said, I could see the difference in my shape in photos and wondered if anyone else was noticing. She said, I felt this strange and constant struggle of having to live up to the expectations of the of the appearance that I had already established to the world. 
I actually really appreciate Lily Reinhart's words because talking about positive body image coming out of Hollywood is so important. And it's important to me because I grew up in the dance world. I've grow, I've worked in the fitness world for the last 10 years. I taught dance actually at a very high level. Even in high school, I was teaching dance and choreographing uh, for little kids. It was fun. Uh, but it's interesting because I even... I see both sides of this. I see Kim Kardashian saying, hey, she didn't say, at least I didn't see, that she said she was starving herself. I saw her saying that she wasn't eating carbs or sugar in order to lose 16 pounds in three weeks. That's a lot for a woman to lose in three weeks. Not as much for a man to lose in three weeks. A little, it's a little perhaps more realistic for a woman. Uh, but that's a lot for a woman to lose in three weeks. And I also think it's a lot to say, here's this outfit. Now you go fit into this. Well, different people have different structures to their bodies. And that's a hefty expectation. And it's a precedence that I agree with actress Lily Reinhart that we don't necessarily want to be promoting for those people whom Kim Kardashian and Lily Reinhart influence because they're influencers. They're in the public eye and a lot of young women look to them, look to their bodies, look to their clothes, look to their family and dating and relationship lives uh, as models, whether we like it or not, even you know our own kids, our own peers. So I wanted to talk about promoting a healthy body image. And if you're just joining me now, you're listening to Trending with Tim Ray here on Relevant Radio. Because again, I see both Kim Kardashian's side. And to my knowledge, I didn't see her saying she's starving herself. I saw her saying she's not eating sugars and carbs. And let's be real, most of us could go with eating a few less carbs and a lot less sugar. So kind of comparing this, for my wedding, I actually wore a vintage dress. It was my great-grandmother's dress from the end of the 1930s to the beginning of the 1940s. It was a beautiful uh, floor-length lace dress, went all the way down to my wrist, had these delicate vintage little buttons that went on the wrist, that went all the way up the back. It was beautiful. It was incredible that when I remember telling my mom what type of wedding dress I'd want, well, she said, you know, we can go and try on some dresses, but that sounds a whole lot like your great-grandmother's wedding dress, and I have it. And I, oh my goodness, I love my great-grandmother. Incredible my eyes, just incredible human being. I saw so many examples of her um, growing up. I saw her in many ways. She was the example that set me and led me to start going to daily mass as a teenager. I saw her praying her rosary every day. Grant, you know, she she would watch soap opera as well. She prayed her rosary too, but hey, you win some, you lose some. (laughs) She did it on mute, just subtitles. Let's take some talent. I'm not advising it, but I'm just saying that does take some talent. She got the rosary in. Again, I'm I'm not, um, uh, what's the word of condoning that or um, getting my support behind that? But this wedding dress, as you can tell, really meant a lot to me. I cared for my grandmother and the last few months of her life, I practically moved in and was helping to take care of her. And so to get to fit into my great-grandmother's wedding dress, it fit like a glove. I couldn't believe it. It was like it was made for me. It was so exciting. Well, Like any bride, you know, you also want to make sure that you continue to fit into your wedding dress. 
and that you don't have to make too many alterations. You get closer to the wedding. And so knowing me with my health issues, I've talked a little bit about them. I have a handful of autoimmune diseases and everything from gastrointestinal, bloating, food allergies. In other words, I had to be really careful to avoid inflammatory foods leading up to my wedding so that the dress looked nice still. I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to look nice, but there is a clear distinction that has to be made between starving yourself and healthy self-control and proper nourishment. And I think that that's what's missing in this conversation. From what Kim Kardashian said, it seems like eating fewer carbs and no sugar was a win for her. I didn't see, and maybe she said this somewhere else, that she was starving herself. But to Lily Reinhardt's perspective, she struggled growing up on social media, growing up in the eyes of paparazzi, to hear someone say that they're so dramatically trying to lose 16 pounds in three weeks, she thinks that Kim Kardashian's being a horrible example. But I think that the more important conversation here and what we can take in our own lives, especially as women, because let's be real, women, our bodies change, men's bodies change. I mean, your metabolism, everything starts to slow down as you enter into your 40s. Things start to ache a little bit in your 30s. You don't recover as easily from things, even as you get into your late 20s. And it's interesting to see, you know, your body changes as the years go by and add decade upon decade. Body positivity is something we've got to talk about at all ages, especially for women. And so I think what needs to be discussed is teaching virtue that can then be implied and applied when it comes to body image and as a lot of people refer to body positivity. Virtues such as moderation and how much and how we eat, temperance, the virtues of self-control, also the beauty of freedom, If I want to go to a party and indulge and enjoy, I can. But that I have a diet that's self-controlled, I'm not doing that every single day with every single meal or for four or five days in a row and then I'm yo-yoing in terms of how I eat. So many of us as a culture, as individuals, struggle with enjoying the freedom of food and growing in the moderation self-control. And I think that this is where faith really does come into the conversation because I was even thinking about Megan Fox a couple weeks ago. I talked about how she had that uh, big interview and tell all about her and her relationship with Machine Gun Kelly, their engagement. Some really weird things were said, but a lot of good things were said about diet, food, exercise. And the reality is, is that it shouldn't be movie stars who are sharing those positive messages about how to eat, how to have self-control, how to make sure you actually get rest and get it at the right time of day, or should I say night and not day, that we should be leading on this conversation, that we should be teaching these practical skills, these virtues of moderation and self-control and temperance so that we can have the freedom to enjoy and the freedom to celebrate. So that we know the difference between dieting versus starvation. And when we hear the drama about the Met Gala between actress Lily Reinhart and reality TV star Kim Kardashian, we can actually see both sides of the conversation and where we ourselves in our own lives and talking to other women in particular and fathers talking to your daughters about where we draw the line, where we talk about dieting versus starving. 
needs versus wants, realistic expectations versus unrealistic expectations based on body size, based on structure. Now, my attitude with weight, I've always had a pretty healthy, very healthy outlook when it comes to weight and exercise. I'm very athletic. You know, I teach exercise and fitness. I've danced my whole life. Um, So I've been around, especially with the dance, I've been in that anorexic bulimia type of culture. And even when I danced with the Russian Ballet Company in Washington, D.C., I saw that level of comparison when it came to body images and, you know, who's going to be invited to be a full-time company member and how a lot of that was reduced to, well, do you actually have the body type and the talent? Not just the talent, but the body type. And when I was auditioning for ballet companies, and especially kind of at the peak of my dancing in the middle of high school, a lot of it came back to body type. When I was dancing, the iconic, the perfect type of body was extremely lean and tall. I mean, I'm talking next to no muscle, next to no curves, and much taller than I am. I'm a whole five foot two. And so that was something that I always knew and my mom talked a lot to me about, but I also understood health and reality and moderation. And the people who were doing that to themselves weren't necessarily happy. I mean, I grew up with girls throwing up in the bathroom. That was something that was normal for me uh, to be around. And so my attitude with weight, though, I'm really grateful has been healthy. And I hope that we as women can take on attitudes such as this. Uh, I actually don't own a scale. And I know there's, you know, a lot of disagreement and attitudes about that. But I don't weigh a scale because I more so pay attention to how my clothes are fitting. And I try to make sure that I buy properly fitting clothes so that I'm not having unrealistic standards for myself when it comes to how my clothes are fitting. Uh, and I joke, so my siblings, family call me their hippie. So yes, when I was pregnant, I had midwives. I didn't use a scale during pregnancy. I had no clue what my weight gain was. I don't know what my weight loss was. You know, yes, I did weigh myself, I think like a month or two after because I was curious. But You know, there's a whole person approach in terms of how my baby was being monitored, how I was being monitored. And to me, like, that was helpful. I wasn't obsessing about how many pounds were packed on, how many pounds had to be packed off. I just wanted to be healthy for myself and especially once I had a new baby for my baby. And so I think that really shifting our perspective away from this scale, away from this unrealistic size where we buy clothes that don't fit us and then we're working and working toward buying those clothes. In my opinion, I'm not a fan. Buy clothes that fit, they fit right where we're at. And then be realistic with shifting our goals, meeting our needs, staying healthy, meeting our needs versus unrealistic wants we might have when it comes to our body image. I think that this will help us in valuing our health and happiness a whole lot more rather than fitting into a mold or even fitting into a vintage dress, such as the one, it fit like a glove. I didn't have to set an unrealistic expectation to try and wear it for a wedding, but maybe Kim Kardashian did. 16 pounds in three weeks is a lot. And I think that these are 
opportunities for conversations that you and I can have with our loved ones. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. It's not too late to support Relevant Radio. If you can donate now, we're working our way toward our goal. We need $3 million and we have just about, wow, $8,600 to go. If someone can step forward and donate $8,000 in the next hour, we will be almost done. I'm asking you to give and give whether it's $50, $1,000. Numbers 1-877-291-0123. Give on relevantradio.com or the Relevant Radio app. I will be right back here on Trending with Timory. How about Meredith? How old are you? I'm 17, Patrick. It's great to talk to you. I listen to your show literally every single day when I have my breakfast. And I love hearing you and Cyrus banter back and forth. really makes my day. The Patrick Madrid Show. Play it again. Sam. It's not the Canadian way. That is Kale Clark. The Patrick Madrid Show. It's not Kale Clark. It is Kale Clark. 8 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We are getting so close. We've raised nearly 5000 this hour with that matching donation. 5000 is doubled to 10000 We need $7,450 more to reach our goal. Wow. Someone just stepped forward in Litchfield Park, Arizona, donating $1,200. Gay just donated in Hawaii $25. If you can support us, you have eight minutes. Let's wrap this up. Just a little over $7,000 to go. If you can donate $7,000 right now, I'm asking you to give and give generously whatever you can give as big or as small. Relevantradio.com, the Relevant Radio app. You can also, if you need to, we have operators waiting to take your calls right now. The lines are open. The number is one 877 one zero one two three. You're listening to Trending with Tim Ray here on Relevant Radio. Okay, so ahead of Mother's Day weekend, there's a lot I wanted to talk about in our last minutes together. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the news that's come out about abortion activists storming Catholic churches during Mass expected this Sunday on Mother's Day. A radical abortion group calling itself, quote, Ruth sent us, announced that they are mobilizing activists across the nation to enter Catholic churches during Mass on Sunday. In response to the reports, the Supreme Court is set to overturn Roe versus Wade, leaving the decision on abortion back to the individual states. This is historic. This is good news. But Catholics are being blamed. I warned you earlier in the week that this would happen. This group is saying in a video announcement as well on social media, whether you're a Catholic for choice, ex-Catholic for other or no faith recognize that this extremist Catholic set is out to overturn Roe. They're blaming Catholics for working to end abortion in this nation. That's good news. Pat yourselves on the back. If you are Catholic and you have upheld the pro-life position, that's good news. I get it. A little concerning, maybe even scary to think that um, that something might happen at your church this weekend. I have grown up in activism my entire life. I've seen, I've seen, you know, the police show up. I, I've seen a lot of things happen. We even had our own parish uh, two years ago during 
the BLM, BLM protests, our church was actually targeted uh, for an attack. There were announcements made that they were going to go after the church. And let me tell you, the attacks did not happen on our church. And I'll tell you why, because the church came together and did all the right things. And so I want to talk to you about safety this weekend at Mass and taking some concrete steps for and maybe even with your parish. I think first notifying your parish that there's this threat. I know a lot of the parishes and dioceses are aware. But notifying your parish that this is a threat and talking about um, because of this threat and maybe even sharing the post, we'll actually share it now on social media, sharing this with your pastor and even with the police, notifying them that your parish is parishes because it's Catholic, are being threatened across the nation. And you can even ask for police patrol cars to come by. And even for a police car, given how large a gathering is, to come and sit in the church parking lot. This small thing is a huge step in helping people feel safe, but also helping keep the crazies away. Uh, that's one really simple thing. And again, we're posting a link now. Patrick is posting it on social media. So you have a little bit of that information if you need to present it to your pastor or even to the police asking um, for that little bit of protection. The police will drive by. Police will, you know, send a cop car sometimes out to be at your event. I've seen this happen a lot of times. That simple request can really help mitigate threats such as these. Now, I do believe that the vast majority of parishes will not have pro-abortion activists or protesters showing up to the churches or even going inside. I think that, you know, more so the churches that where you may see targeted or hat will be in cities and might even be near universities. And so that's what I expect just knowing a lot from kind of responding and interacting with pro-abortion activists. Um, don't be afraid. You know, it's important that we're taking concrete steps to be safe. Uh, have a respectful silence if protesters do show up. Do not engage. This is really important that we are not engaging with them. Of course, if there needs to be protection, self-defense, absolutely. But don't engage. They're there to yell. They're there to scream. Remember that many of the people showing up at or in those churches, if they do, will be often... Uh, post-abortive, they will have been through an abortion experience themselves, and they are hurting from that lost childhood, that lost child. They're hurting from the wound of losing or having participated in an abortion. They're hurting from the damage that Mother's Day, and that they feel on Mother's Day, a day they should be celebrating the gift of life and the gift of motherhood. And so let's give that gift when they were not able to give it to themselves of peace, of love, of respect, of joy. And remember that Jesus Christ made it very clear. If they persecute me, they will persecute you. And I think of all of the stories of the early church and the apostles when they're put on trial, when they're threatened. And many of them are even martyred. They would rejoice. I talked about this on Monday during our weekly happy hour. They would rejoice that they had the opportunity to be rejected, to be protested, to be corrected and maligned and even beaten and bruised at time for the sake of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, don't be afraid. 
take the proper precautions. You can even take relevantradio.com forward slash trending, listen to this podcast, share it maybe with your pastor, whoever you need to. And again, we put a link up to that threat that was being circulated on social media from that pro-abortion group saying they're going to storm churches. Again, those are concrete things we can do to stay safe and help protect our churches. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. We're asking you again to support us here on Relevant Radio. Thank you so much for supporting us if you donated. It's not too late to donate. RelevantRadio.com is the easiest way on your Relevant Radio app. The number is 1-877-291-0123 to give and to give hope. And I'm asking you to give generously. And if you have, thank you so much. Have you joined us yet for our weekly happy hour on trending? This is Timory from Trending with Timory. Mondays, we discuss everything from happiness, although it's fleeting, to joy, which is rooted in God. We address midlife crises, prayer, friendship, job satisfaction, and you name it, because who doesn't want to have lasting happiness, joy rooted in God? Join me daily at 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.